Hello, remote friends. The information from this podcast is rich with remote support, but it's even more important that you go from information to application to get the best results possible. Remote work is here to stay, and we want to help you on your way. So let us know how we can support you even more by visiting remotepathways.com. There you will find a quick link to talk with us directly. Reach out to Jen for all your teamwork, leadership, coaching, and facilitation needs. And reach out to Michelle for developing a healthy, sustainable rhythm of life through spiritual practices, 90-day projects, and simple structures to support your remote working journey. Until we connect, thank you for listening. It's such an honor going remote together with you. Let's explore the remote world. Together we'll discover the people, places, and pathways to working remotely. We'll engage in great conversations, share tips and valuable resources, and connect you with voices from the field. Let's go remote together. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Britton, and I want to welcome you back to the Remote Pathways podcast. Super excited to be back together again with my co-host, Michelle Mullins. Michelle, how are you doing today? I'm great, Jen, and I can't wait to tell you about today's episode. We are going to explore the remote pathways of mentoring and work from anywhere. And we're going to explore the different systems and habits that can benefit the remote worker. So, Jen, you're in the driver's seat today. Tell us more about our great adventure ahead. Ooh, well, I... I'm so excited to be continuing this journey. And today brings us into the landscape of a development approach that I think is growing in interest and scale across industries, mentoring. Many of us have embraced mentoring as, I would say, the secret sauce or the, you know, one of the things that helps us get ahead quicker, faster, better in a context which is ever changing. Did you know, and maybe you didn't know this, Michelle, but did you know that mentoring dates back to the times of ancient Greece? No, I didn't know that. You didn't know this. (laughs) For many years, I've been running mentoring training with different organizations across industries like healthcare, financial services. And so I really have done quite a bit of research on this area. What's interesting is that mentor was initially tasked to pass on all that he knew in ancient Greece to Odysseus's son, Telemachus. Now, I don't expect that you're going to remember that, but here we are still looking at mentoring as the really important tool to help us learn, to help us grow, to help us understand the context in which we are operating. Neat, eh? Very interesting information. So, Tell us about our avatar, about this mentor. His mentor. So (laughs) we are going back to ancient Greece, but our mentor in the Digital Dozen's name is Malcolm. And if you take a look, and again, we want you to download some of the resources we have available for you at Remote Pathways. Um, As I've been writing about their adventures, you know, Malcolm is that seasoned go-to guy. Um, It could be a season go-to girl too, but we made him a season go-to guy. Malcolm, I think we can all think of the Malcolms in our organizations or in our network that really have such great experience under their belt. And mentoring today has become so important because things are changing. 
And so historically, we might have thought of mentoring as the older person in the room, the more seasoned professional. In fact, today, there's a lot of what's known as reverse mentoring happening. So while a younger professional may be uh, paired with a more seasoned professional in their industry or organization, we're now seeing that mentors are continuing to learn sometimes even more than those more junior people because they may be learning about technology or different approaches to business. Now, mentoring is different than coaching or consulting. In a mentoring relationship, we're really there to help the person we're paired with, the protege or the mentee as they're commonly called, to help them get ahead. And as a mentor, we may be sharing what our experiences have been. We may point to the sort of invisible layers that exist within an organization or an industry. And very much, I think, as a mentor, we're there to build capacity. I'm super passionate about this topic, as you've probably heard from just even how I describe it, because all of my roles, in the first 15 years of my professional experience when I was a younger leader, uh, mentoring was a big part of my work. In fact, my roles were often project or program related. So as a leader, I would be rotated in and out of role, sometimes rotated in and out of country or location every three to 36 months. So get that every three to 36 months. So I really had no stability other than I knew I would be inheriting a new team within a three-month to a three-year window. And part of how my success was measured was really in how much was I able to leave behind with the people that I was there to support. Very much about servant leadership, very much about capacity development, and mentoring was a really big part of that equation. The other piece that was a big part of the equation that is so important today, of course, is systems. And where I think I really became so aware in the professional context of the importance of systems was in that rapid rotational leadership roles that I held for 15 years. If systems weren't in place, it was very hard for the next person, my successor, to step in, whether that successor was someone who was coming up from the team or another external person coming into the team. So we'd really like to draw your attention today to this notion of how can you be building systems at all stages of your career? Systems help us scale. Systems help us replicate things. And when we have two members of a team across a continent, it's really important that our customers and clients have a similar experience with person A on the East Coast and person B on the West Coast. If you are global, it's even more critical that uh, if you come to Michelle in the US, me in Canada, and a colleague of ours in, uh, in Shanghai, that you also have that similar experience across our work. And this is where systems really start to play a key role. So Michelle, I've put a lot of different things in the space there from skills of mentors to systems. What do you want to add on here? Yeah, well, I'm thinking about Malcolm, right? And just thinking about your wonderful examples. So I would say Malcolm is modeling this lifestyle himself. Uh, he has benefited and is probably benefiting from his mentors as well. He needs the people to mentor so he could benefit from joining organizations and communities that are offering services in his experience I would encourage him to let his network of people know that he has the desire to do this. He could benefit from noting how often he wants to meet with his mentee and where he wants to connect, like coffee shops, on Zoom, phone calls. 
He could benefit from an online calendar like Calendly and a CRM so he could track their conversations. He may even want to develop trainings or programs so he can share his wisdom with others. As Jen said, same as me, I know mentors play a big role in my life. And some of that reverse mentoring happens with my children. They are my go-to person for technology or anything with my telephone. So I find even my children are my mentors. Um, I have really all types of mentors, business mentors, spiritual mentors, parenting and marriage mentors. There is great benefit in learning from the people who have traveled the road before you. You can avoid some of those remote potholes, get a preview of the road ahead, and learn how to embrace the speed bumps of remote living. So Jen, you are one of the mentors in my life. And it sounds like you have a lot in common too with Alex, the work from anywhere. So could you take us further down the road there? Absolutely. So Alex, our WFA, some of the acronyms you might be noticing that have emerged in the remote space recently, not even recently, but in the last few years, WFA, which if you didn't know what it meant before, it means work from anywhere. So people who WFA... And I have to say, in my global experience, we always wanted to be very careful with like, what is the language? What are the acronyms that are getting into our contextual dialogue? So working from anywhere can happen, literally working from anywhere. And you will find professionals who are working literally sometimes 24-7, while, whether they fly from point A to point B. That was my typical experience. I always said I got my best work done over the Atlantic. And given that for three years of my life, I was commuting from the Caribbean to parts of Europe, I got a lot of work done in the air. <laughs> now that we have Wi-Fi in the air, it's a little harder, but you know what? Still, you can get on a plane and say, I'll see you on the other side. I'll connect in at that point. WFA, working from anywhere has, um, you know, it's opportunities. It offers us flexibility that enables us to do work at perhaps, perhaps a time frame and a, a moment during the day when it is convenient that might help us with childcare and or elder care responsibilities. And also looking at working from anywhere, it can offer us more productive cycles. What I'm really interested in as a writer is the fact that we're getting a lot more research coming out about productivity. And there was a study done recently by Stanford, which did find that remote workers can be more productive. Certainly in my own work, I really do find that at points of the week, it can be beneficial for me to move out of my regular office space where I'm typically having conversations into other locations where I can be doing writing. And those focused writing bursts really do help to, um, it's not just the context or the location, but it is also about just having the white space and the space to be thinking in a creative way. So if you're working from anywhere, we'll be uh, definitely pointing to a lot more resources. We've got a list this week of our top 12 systems from the Digital Dozen. And so Michelle and I are sharing some of the go-to resources we use in our work in helping us work literally from anywhere. And I know, Michelle, you're like a little bit like me where throughout the year you do get a chance to move around. Your office is quite mobile. What would you add in terms of the remote pathway 
of working from anywhere. Well, you know me, I like to travel in those avatar waters. So personally, this is one of my favorite things about working remotely. And I believe our avatar, Alex, feels the same way. He likes options. He likes to be with his family. He enjoys traveling. He likes being able to set up at a coffee shop or outside in nature. He likes working from home and then hopping on a plane and working from another country. He may even be required to do so. Now, I know I like to do this with my fellow coaches. We travel to a place or community to work for the day. We are in the same space, but we're working on individual projects. It's shocking how focused that can be for us. Then we sprinkle in the fun and break to have lunch at a restaurant. And then we might wrap up our day brainstorming together or planning for future events. And this lifestyle seems to be catching on, like Jen said, across the globe. There's companies like The Remote Year that offer different ways you can embark on remote journeys across the globe, where they have already found the working spaces for you, places to stay, and a community of like-minded travelers to join you. It just seems like the article says, the corporate world is more open to offering this option as well. So is there anything else that you would like to talk about in the work from anywhere space, Jen? Well, we'll definitely return back to this whole area. Again, I just like people to think about what's going to help you remain at your most prime. And prime is about focus. It's also about, you know, making sure that you are on point, you're able to access resources, and you're able to share resources with others on your team. So just want to loop back again to that reminder that systems are key in helping us scale the work as individual contributors, but also if we're working as part of a team, systems ensure that we are on the same page. So little things can happen when we're working in the sky. Um, If we're doing work, you know, overnight on a flight, how do we ensure that what we have created gets uploaded? Whether we're using, uh, you know, lots of different virtual digital ecosystems here, but how are we sharing information and updating other members of our team? When we are on a global team, how do we ensure that when I update in Toronto, my colleague who's going to wake up tomorrow morning, their time in Shanghai can actually seamlessly build on what I've been working on all day. So there's lots of different things that we're going to be continuing to tap back into. Keep in mind habits, keep in mind focus, and keep in mind systems. And I think, Michelle, you wanted to say something about habits yourself. Yeah, habits are why I love planning in those 90-day bursts, like you said. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I pick three areas to focus and grow in during that time period, and then I develop the habits to support my goals. So check back in that previous episode where that one-page plan is. That's a huge tool that I use in my remote world. Also, Jennifer Grody and I lead a 90-day leadership program called Nine Habits of Highly Effective Remote Workers. It's great fun and unlike anything out there. So I encourage you to check out the details on remotepathways.com and see if it's something that might help you on your remote journey. Habits are getting a lot more attention. I think we'll dedicate a whole episode to habits. If you look out at your local uh, Kindle device, if you look out at your local bookstore, you'll notice a number of authors have come out with books recently on habits. And they join likes of Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit and other great authors who have written on this topic. 
I just put a little plug in for another resource for those of you that might be interested in mentoring. I continue to do a lot of work in this space. I've won uh, several industry awards around mentor training. And some of that training I do under my own umbrella, Potentials Realized, but I also collaborate with a partner, Susan Combs, and together we've created a series of workbooks called the Mentor Roadmap. So roadmapping, pathways, they've all been a big part of my world of work. We launched Mentor Roadmap five years ago. We've had the privilege of working with a lot of organizations across insurance, agricultural services, and also financial services. So do get in touch if you're interested in learning more about mentor training via the Mentor Roadmap. And with that, we are going to be continuing our journey down the remote pathways Where are we heading to next, Michelle? Yes. Well, we're going to be talking about Sam selling her startup, and we're going to meet Victor, the volunteer. So we're really going to hear about that servant leadership and that passionate worker selling her startup. Sounds great. So be sure to visit remotepathways.com for this week's digital download. Also connect in with us at our Mighty Networks. So thanks so much, Michelle. Great chat with you as always. Yeah, same here, Jen. Looking forward to our next conversation. See you soon. Take care. 